God, it is amazing, amazing, amazing that we can be in your presence. As the, as the worship band was singing that song, I thought of what the author of Hebrews said, that we do not approach a mountain that we can't touch because we serve a holy God. But because, Jesus, you are the, the mediator because of your sacrifice, because of the new agreement that you made possible for us to have a relationship with you. We should be trembling in fear of a holy God, a holy pure God, a holy other God. You are awesome. But because of you, Jesus, we can have a relationship. Jesus, you are the author and the perfecter of the story that we find ourselves in. This is your story, God. We need to trust that the little story that you choose to involve us in, and you get all the glory. The little story that we get for our individual lives, the little story that you've chosen to involve this, this little platoon, this church that exists on Ken Island, the, the bigger story of history, your story, his story. This is your story, God, and we trust it. Thank you, Jesus, for making it even possible for us to love you. Thank you for your grace, your unmerited favor. The story didn't end. You keep it going further up and further in, further up and further in. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Center Point Church. Why don't you guys take a second just greet somebody next to you before you sit down. Well, good morning. It is, uh, it is good to be together. Uh, we are in the final stages of a journey that has been a transitional journey, and uh, we have the privilege to have Brian Wade and his family here today, and Brian's going to be preaching the next two Sundays, and next Sunday, the 28th, 28th we are going to be voting. Uh, there will be more details coming out this week about the ballot process, uh, but we as elders have put Brian Wade up uh, for the vote for senior pastor of our church. And uh, Brian was alerted of this uh, decision last week while he was on a mission trip to Puerto Rico. And I'm hoping we can hear a little bit more about that. But uh, I love the story that he wasn't here lobbying or you know, standing out front with a big billboard, vote Brian Wade in. He was just, uh, he was just serving the Lord. And uh, what I love about Brian is obviously we share a comic book uh, connection, but uh, he just randomly reaches out to me from time to time and say, bro, what can I pray for you about? And I totally just remembered I didn't get back to you the other night, but uh, this man loves his church body. He loves, uh, he loves serving Jesus, and I can't wait to hear about uh, the trip. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that this morning, but uh, without further ado, Brian Wade. All right. Well, good morning, Ken Island. How are you guys doing today? Uh, that was a little weak. Let me try it again. Give y'all a second. How are you guys doing this morning? All right. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I am so glad to be with you guys um, for the time that we have together. Um, it was so uh, briefly about Puerto Rico. It was an amazing trip. Um, we had so much uh, fun together as a missions team. We went down about 25 of us. Oh, 
uh, 25 of us, it was um, 10 children went. So we had kind of a family mission trip, which was really cool. 10 kids went out of the 25 adults. We were able to go and help build houses, knock down walls that had just been um, just waterlogged from all of the hurricane and all of that stuff. And so we were able to really fix homes, put roofs back up. Um, our kids went out and played basketball in some of the tougher communities to get the kids to come out. And we shared with them passing out baskets and flyers and, and Bibles, and we fed the homeless, which was um, a tremendous thing. When you go somewhere and you see people that have lost their homes because of the devastation, and they're living in their homes, that's one thing, but when you see people that have lost their homes and there's no way to rebuild it, there's no family to take care of them, um, it was amazing to go out with our kids and pass out food and watch people's lives be changed by that and to pass out clothes, and it was just a phenomenal um, adventure for our children. Um, my daughter came back and she said that um, she felt bad, and I felt good that she said that. <laughs> she felt bad because there's so many times, first thing in the morning, her question is, what are we having for dinner? Like, we haven't got through breakfast, and she's still, you know, there's crumbs falling off of her mouth, and she's asking about what are we going to have for dinner, and she realized that there are people that do not know what their meal is going to be or, what they, or if they'll have a meal. And that was a moment when I was like, she gets it. And then my son, um, when we were passing out food to the homeless, he just looked at me and said, this is real. There's somebody with one shoe on and one shoe off, and they're coming to get a bag of clothes, and we're passing out clothes, and they're crying. And we couldn't understand what they were saying, but we knew where they were. We knew where their heart was, and we knew how thankful they were that God came and, and used us in a terrific way um, to bless them. So it was a great seven days, I think, on um, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. Tuesday night when we were in Puerto Rico, I'm putting um, three kids to bed. I'm in a room with them, so it's really four of us in a little bitty room. And uh, I got a call um, from some of the elders here, and I had a chance to talk to them, and they told me that um, I had been elected for the opportunity to pastor here. And it was a tremendous, um, amazing moment at 10.30 at night when <laughs> you're dead tired from building houses to um, have that conversation. It was so humbling. And so I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be with you guys for the next few weeks. Um, I don't want to take too much of your time. I know a lot of you guys are getting ready for something special this afternoon. For some of you fans, you Redskins and Cowboy fans, and so I don't want to hold you too long. Do we have any Cowboy fans in this place right now? Are there any Cowboy fans? All right, we're going to pray for you to get delivered, and God is going to do great things in your soul. <laughs> Let's get ready to pray, and then we'll move right into our message. Um, dear God, I thank you for the time that we have together. I ask God that you'd open up our hearts, that you'd open up our ears that we, Lord, would receive your word, receive your truth, that we'd walk out faithfully um, the things of you, that we would serve you with a heart that loves you and honors you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to share for the next few um, weeks that we're together um, the title of a message that we're going to do, a series we're going to do called Hearing the Voice of God, Hearing the Voice of God. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask that you would uh, turn to the book of John, the eighth chapter. John, the eighth chapter, and if you don't have your Bibles, that's fine. I'm sure you have an app, and if you don't have an app, that's fine as well. Um, we're going to ask that you stand with us as we read God's Word, and we should have it right on the screen with us as well. So if you could please stand with me as we get ready to read John 8, verses 31 through 32. This is what it says. And Jesus said to the people who believe, Jesus said to the people who believe in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. You may be seated. A few weeks ago, actually last Saturday, I was driving, and I decided I needed a car wash. And my car, wa my car 
was like beyond filthy. Like if people could write words on it and they could get away with it, they would have wrote a whole lot of stuff on there. And so I decided, let me take this car to the car wash. I take it through the car wash and I get back in the car, I'm ready to drive off and I hear nothing but static. I go from one station to another station to another station, there's nothing but static. I look up and my antenna's gone. Oh. I go inside, I talk to the car wash people, they find my antenna and they apologize and they say, we're gonna give you a new antenna, um, just build with us for a few minutes and in a few weeks we'll have a new antenna for you. And I'm like, a few weeks, the lease is free, whatever. And so fine, I get in the car and I drive off and I have all these songs coming in and out and anybody that knows me knows that I don't like to be in total silence. It is the biggest ugh of my everything. And so I said, fine, I'll switch it to my, um, my other system and I'll go to my Bluetooth and I'll pair my Bluetooth to my uh, radio and we'll be good to go. And I'm trying to play this music on my phone, but the music on my phone won't play and it won't come through the speakers of my car. And I realized that when they were cleaning off this dusty, corroded, dirty dashboard, they must have hit the unsync button on my car. So I got staticky music and I got no Bluetooth connection and I'm driving in silence, and I am absolutely frustrated. Everyone in the car has their headphones on, they're having a great time, and I am deeply annoyed because I cannot hear anything but the road and the and the noise, and I'm frustrated. And I believe that a lot of us, that is a picture of our spiritual lives in some ways. That God is speaking to us, but there's all this static and noise and congestion and confusion, there's moments in our lives where we're here and God's there, but we're not in sync with him. And so he can't play through the speakers of our heart and our mind. And we have this disconnection that our antenna is missing or we're there and he's there, but we're not in sync with him. And so for the next few weeks, I want to talk about hearing the voice of God. I'm going to share a few multiple ways on how to hear the voice of God. But one of them I want to share with us today is through this antenna. It's hearing the voice of God through his holy word. If you and I don't have this antenna, if you and I are not engaged in this antenna, if you and I are not in sync with this antenna, in sync with this system, we will not be able to hear the voice of God. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to deal with multiple ways to hear the voice of God, but I want to start with his holy word, his antenna. You guys ready? I got five points. It doesn't matter if you're ready or not. I got the microphone, so you just got to deal with it today. I'm sorry. Just toughen up. Here we go. We're dealing with hearing the voice of God, and this is what Scripture says again. It says in James, I'm sorry, it says in John 8, Jesus said to the people who believe in him, you are my true disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He says basically this, if you stick to my word, if you stick to my truth, then you will be free. Free from what? Free from sin. Sticking to God's word, his truth will set you free from sin. It will also set you free from the dramas and the struggles and the heartaches of this world when you know his truth, when you stick to his word. The question is how much of us are in tune and in sync with his truth. Let's go through these five points. The first point I want to share with you is a three-part point. So, oh my God, hang in there. John point, uh, 1 verse 1. Jesus said to the people that believed in him, Nope. My bad. There you go. It hadn't updated. Okay. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was and the word was God. 
It says in John 1, 1, the first point is that the Word is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's break this down. The Word is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Word of God is God. It is the essence of God. It is the, the thoughts of God. It is the heart of God. God's Holy Word is Him. It is He. Him, He. Uh-oh. It's one of those things. It's Him. And so when we start to read His Word, we understand that God's Word is the essence of God. It is the Spirit of God. When we're looking at how can we get closer to God, how can we build a relationship with God, it first comes down with understanding that the Word that He has given us is his essence, is his spirit, is his character, is his thoughts, is his will. And until we start getting in tune with God's word, we will never know the essence of God, the spirit of God, the truth of God. This is God. It's not a book to throw in the back of your car till next Sunday. It's not to be placed on the table to look really special and cute when people come by your house. This is the absolute truth and essence of God. And when I carry it with me, it's great. But when I open it up, it's even better. And if we are living a life where we just carry this Bible around on our app, but we're not actually diving into this, then we really never know God. We have him with us, but he's not in us if we're not in him. Let's go to the subpoint of this, point number two. Well, actually, subpoint number two. So the word became human and made, and made his home among us. He was, full of, he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. It says that not only was, and not only is God the Word, but it says that Jesus is the Word. That Jesus came and walked a man, around man and around earth full of the Word. He was embodied with this Word. It says truthfully that if you and I want to learn how to live in this world full of mean, hard, hateful people, circumstances, and situations, then we would look to Jesus, who is the Word, that lived among people as the Word. He says that as he breathed and as he walked and as he did, he was the word and he modeled for us how to live in this earth on this planet with people that are mean and nasty and cantankerous and hurtful and bitter and spiteful and still love. It shows us and he shows us that you can model a way of living life with God through the word, being the word, embodying the word, saying the word at moments and times when situations are difficult because he is 100% the word wrapped in flesh. And it's right in here. Look at subpoint three to this message. The word, the Father is, I'm sorry, the word is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look at number three. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and what makes us realize uh, what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. If you want your life to change, then this is where it is. If you want to experience who God is, this is where it is. If you want to know what I should look like and how I should operate and how I should be a man or a woman of God, a child of God, this is where it is. It says that God's Holy Spirit, it breathes through the people that wrote this text. It breathes through the 40 authors over 2,000 years that wrote and scribed all these things in the scripture. His Holy Spirit operated through man that they would have the word of God, that they would know God's truth, that they would know God's heart. It shows us what's right and what's wrong. The Dallas Cowboys are wrong, but God's Holy Spirit can save you, my brother. 
I'll find it somewhere. <laughs> it's this word that changes us. It's this word that convicts us. It says this Holy Spirit literally is breathed through man, and through man it operates and pushes us to serve him and to love him. It prepares us to be what? Equal, equipped, his people. This word shapes and changes us to be exactly what he desires us to be when we get in his word. How do I become a better Christian? How do I become a better believer? How do I become a better husband? How do I become a better wife? How do I become a better kid? How do I become a better student? How do I become a better worker? It's in this what word. And it shapes us and molds us and makes us everything God desires. But some of us don't have our antenna up. Some of us aren't in sync with his word, and so we struggle with life, and he says, right here is how I speak. Let's go to point number two. The word is alive. Hebrew 4.12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It doesn't say that this is just a book. It says that it's alive. That it speaks to us in a way that cuts us to the core. Let me explain what that means. Does anybody have a best, best, best friend? Does anybody have a best, best, best friend? Does anybody have a husband or a wife that is their best friend? Uh-oh, everybody raise your hand. Everybody was like, me? <laughs> you better. <laughs> If your husband or wife is your best, best friend, or you have a best, best friend, best, best friends have a way of telling you the truth that can punch you in your face. They have a way of telling you, let's cut all the BS and here's the absolute truth. And man, it hurts when they punch you in the face with truth. But it's because they are connected to you in such a way that they don't care about your feelings. They care about you living or doing something right and they will punch you in the face with that truth. And sometimes mom's truth cuts you to the core. Am I the only one that has mom conversations? Sometimes dad toughen up son conversations will cut you to the core and it angers you, but at the end of the day, it's truth. It says that this word is alive and it punches you in the face sometimes because it's not concerned about what you feel, it's concerned about you being right. I love Rosie, but sometimes when I need somebody, to hold my hand and tell me how wrong somebody else is, she will tell me, I feel where you're coming from, but have you thought of it this way? No, I don't want to think of it that way. I want you to agree to my feelings and validate who I am as I'm an angry man and I'm mad. And she says, but you should think of it this way. And it hurts because she's not my cheerleader at that moment. She's my truth. This word is alive in a way that it does not care about your feelings. It cares about your posture and your position. And sometimes it cuts to the core because it's alive and it wants you to know the truth. Here's how you know if you're really trying to seek God's truth. When you don't care if you're right and you don't care if you're wrong, you care about being right with God. 
When you see God's word, not to prove a point when an argument with your mom, with your wife, if you're trying to prove some whatever, that doesn't matter. I want to be right because God is right. And so I see God's truth, even if it changes my value or my principle or my thought process, that's when you hit this level of you're getting in sync with God's word where you've taken it from just being an antenna to now you are sinking your heart up with, I'd rather be involved in what he says is true than my own truth. Ooh, it's quiet today. Man. Let's look at point number three. It says the word guides our path. The word is a lamp to guide your feet and a light for my path. It says that this word in my darkest hour will provide me light. It's good to get advice from our friends. It's good to get wisdom from other folks. But this word sheds light on every subject in every situation. I had a situation this week where a friend of mine punched me in the face. Not literally, but the thing that they did hurt me to the core. Are you guys with me? I've trusted, I've had, I've broken bread with you, I've, I've drank soda with you, we've talked, we've eaten, we've had fun, we've dreamed dreams, we've had visions, and you stabbed me in my back. This week, it's brand new stuff, brand new wounds. And I opened up my Bible to Proverbs, excuse me, song, excuse me, Proverbs 18, and there's several verses that talk about a friend and a real friend. And if God did not use that passage of Scripture to convict me, if he didn't use that passage of Scripture to say, listen, I am with you, I am comforting you, I know you don't like this situation, but I am still on your side. Let me give you insight on what real friendships and relationships look like. Man, was it not on time? It was. Did I look up Scriptures on friends? No. But God took me to Proverbs 18, and it changed my mindset for the rest of that week. Because I desire to be in tune and in sync with this holy word. It says in our darkest hour, it gives us light. But not only gives us light, but it also guides our path. It literally lets us know where to step next. So many of us are trying to figure out what is our plan for life? What is God's plan for my life? What is my destiny? And he says in this word, you'll find out exactly where to walk and how to get there. We spend so much time spinning our wheels trying to figure out where we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to get there. And God says, in my word, if you're with me, I'll show you every path. I'll shed light on your darkest situations, and I'll give you the direction to make it through. Point number four. The word sustains us. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, People, don't, people do not live by bread alone, for every word that comes from the, mouth, from the mouth of God. Satan comes to Jesus in the wilderness after 40 days, and he says, listen, I know you're starving, I know you're hungry, why don't you eat some, uh, turn these stones into bread, eat this bread and fill yourself up, stop being hungry. And Jesus responds and says to him, I don't live off of just physical bread, I live off of the spirit. This word fills me up. Guys, look at me for a second. Just for a second. I don't miss too many meals. 
The only time I miss a meal is when we drive by somewhere that we can't stop off. And I'm like, man, I miss that meal. I wanted some ribs today. I don't miss too many meals. I'm a strong guy. I'm a big guy. I play football. I play basketball. I still can take a person down. It may take a little longer, but I still can. But I'm a big, strong dude. But some of us on the inside, spiritually, we may be as big and strong on the outside, but on the inside, we are weak and malnourished because we do not partake of this bread. We are strong, physically strapping, handsome men, shoulders are all wide. Women, you're beautiful. I'm not going through all descriptions, but women, you're beautiful and you're gorgeous and you have all those things going on. But at the end of the day, on the inside, are we as strong and as beautiful as we are on the outside? And he says, this word can nourish you and give you strength and health and power and body and statute on the inside. That when life situations come along, you won't fall down because you're a featherweight because you're not full of his word. If we said you've lost this, we would fall apart, some of us. The marriage isn't working, we'd fall apart. The job is gone. We'd fall apart. And there's nothing wrong with falling apart. It's just can you get back up and say, no matter what's happened, I'm still going to chug ahead. I'm still going to push ahead. I'm still going to seek God. I'm still going to be faithful. I don't like this season, but I'm still going to keep going. Is there something inside of you that's nourished you and built you up to a place where regardless of even if life is horrible, do you still have the strength to build and keep moving? And if we're weak on the inside, then I would suggest we need to start taking some meals from this word to strengthen this body, this inner body. You guys with me today? All right, point number five. It says that the word is everlasting. The grass was withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God, God stands forever. Heaven and earth will disappear but my words will never disappear. It says in the Old Testament that this whole entire flowers and grass, this land, this natural stuff will pass, but God's word is still true. It says in the New Testament that guess what? Heaven and earth will pass away. Spiritual things will pass away, and this word will still stand. This is the most everlasting concrete word that you and I will find. Nowadays, truth is relative. Truth is whatever we want it to be. Truth is whatever we want to make it. Truth is whatever fits our situation. Truth is whatever we feel good about. God says, I'm not worried about your truth, but my truth is what's eternal. My truth is the truth that is delivered person after person after person after person. My truth is the truth that has put you on higher ground and put you in places where you realize who God is and live in a life where God is powerful and amazing and where God builds you up and where God takes you to next levels. It's truth that doesn't turn through the wind or the times. It is truth that is everlasting and eternal. It's funny how in a situation I can get 22 people's opinion and 18 of them are totally different. Everybody's got an opinion, and at the end of the day, I'm just as confused, if not more confused, by everybody's opinion. Dr. Phil said this, Dr. Oz said this, Miss Jane said that, Mr. Jones said, everybody's got a truth. And it changes based upon their feelings and how they feel and how they relate. And there's truth where if I was in your situation, you know what I would do? There's all these different truths. 
And God says, my truth never, never changes. It never fades. It never withers. Why wouldn't you trust my truth? My truth is what is going to build us up to be successful. Why wouldn't you trust my truth? My truth is what's going to change your life for the better, and it has for countless other people. Why wouldn't you trust my truth? It is the most dependable truth that there ever was and is and will be. You guys with me today? It's quiet today. Let me share this with you, and then I'm out of, um, out of your way. I normally like to give a takeaway. Um, a takeaway generally is one kind of power statement. It's this one kind of like, if you guys don't get it, this is the whole gist of the message. Inside your program, you have one of these. Inside of your program, you have one of these. The biggest question I get so many times is what, what am I supposed to read? Where am I supposed to read it? How am I supposed, where do I start? I've tried the daily plan, what do I do? So let me help you out. If you like action and adventure, read through the books of history. I know it sounds boring, but that's where all of the, the excitement is right there. That's all of the wow, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. If you like Game of Thrones, the book of Exodus is a great book for you to read. There's murder, and there's mayhem, and there's deceit, and there's trickery, and there's people on top that shouldn't be. There's all kinds of great stuff in there. If you just love good stories, if you like a great book, then Genesis, Exodus, or Ruth are great stories to read. If you want to be full of wisdom, if you want to just get all kind of like, you want to just learn all this stuff and the, and, the, and the mysteries of God, then read the books of, prophecy, of, of poetry. If you want to learn to live like Jesus, the Gospels are great books to read. If none of these books sound exciting to you, ugh. <laughs> but if they don't sound exciting to you, if these ideas, if these themes don't work for you, then here's what I would suggest you do. I would suggest that you feel that you deal with a certain situation that you're dealing with. Let's deal with, um, I keep talking too much. Anybody have? No, raise your hands. But don't raise your hands. I just keep, every, I just say everything out of my mouth. I don't have any control over my mouth. Then I would suggest you go to this little thing called Google and you type in scriptures about your mouth. And then you print out those 41 scriptures that come out. And then you just start reading them each day or each week. You take one scripture and say, this is the scripture that's going to deal with my mouth. Are you guys with me? Proverbs 16, 23, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. It is my scripture because when I was a teenager, I got myself into a lot of stuff through my mouth. A lot of trouble, a lot of circumstances, multiple girlfriends, a lot of trouble, and no way out. And I started applying these scriptures. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Learn to shut your mouth and be wise, Brian Wade. Find you a scripture. If, if anger is an issue, then you find you scriptures on Google that deal with anger, and you print that sucker out, and you read one a week or one a day, and you burn that into your mind. That after a while, if God's word is alive and it's true, 
Like the scriptures say, if God's word leads and guides our path, like it says, if God's word is the Holy Spirit that works on us and gives us what's right and gives us what's wrong and tells us how to go, then those scriptures will start to burn into the essence of your heart that you have no choice but to what? Obey. That you have no choice but to live out his ways. Monday morning, I woke up, Jake, and I kept hearing, be humble. In the back of my head, we'll talk about hearing the voice of God in multiple different ways. One of them is audibly, but in my head, I kept hearing, be humble. Tuesday came along. It was crazy Tuesday. Be humble. Be humble. Wednesday came along. I'm riding into work, and I find out my best friend, one of my best friends, punches me right in my face, stabs me in my back. I'm a Christian. I didn't feel like being a Christian at that moment. I felt like coming off the cross. I felt like giving that friend a phone call and telling him all my hurt and all my pain and how he was the cause of it. And I kept hearing, be humble. And I got to work with tears in my eyes and hurt, and I kept hearing, be humble. And I reached for my Bible that was in my book bag, and, and a lot of you guys don't know, somebody stole my book bag like four, three weeks ago. It had missions money in it. They stole this missions money backpack, my Jesus backpack, as I call it, where I keep all my premarital stuff, all my marriage counseling, my Bibles, all my stuff is in there, and they stole They broke into my car and stole it. So I just bought this green, monstrous, hideous thing, um, <laughs> like a week before I went on the missions trip. So I don't have my Bible. And so Thursday, I take the old Bible from home because I was so used to having it in my, in my Jesus bag. I take it and I come back and I sit down Thursday and I open this word and God's word is about friendships. And it reminds me how I have to be humble and honor the Father regardless of who does what and how they say what because God is faithful. It's God hiding his word in my heart way back on Monday about being humble, and I didn't get it. But it's because I was obedient, I had read his word, I had been faithful that this humble thing comes all the way out by Thursday. And by Thursday afternoon, my attitude was different. I love my wife again. I love my children. They didn't do anything to me, but you know when you're in a funk, everybody's in the crosshairs. And it's God's word that's in your heart. It gets you to a place where I am so more rather to be faithful and connected to him than I am to step outside of what God has called me to be. And it's God's word that changes my heart to go back to my wife when I don't feel like loving anybody. And she didn't do it. I just don't like anybody. It's God's word that says, get over yourself and your problems and your feelings because I am in tune. There's bigger and better things. Let's move forward. It's because you're connected to his word and you've hidden it in your heart that it changes the very core of who you are. And so hearing the voice of God, part one, is about having this antenna and it's about being in sync with his word and his truth. And that is where you begin to hear God's heart. 
you have a whole page of scriptures in there, a whole page of different books of the Bible. You have all kinds of ideas of how to get yourself, how to get ourselves back in tune with God. Don't be out of sync anymore. Let's begin hearing the voice of God. Let's pray as the band comes up. Father God, it's through your grace, it's through your mercy that at times you challenge us in ways we don't want to be challenged. It's through your grace and through your mercy that you love us, that you think more of us than we do of ourselves. And so, Father God, through your grace, through your love, through your truth, through your justice, through your peace, let us begin to seek your face through Scripture. Let us begin to know who you are and draw closer to you. Let us yield to your unchanging hand. Father, prepare our hearts in these moments right now as we get ready for communion that we would dive into relationship with you, that this would be the moment we're in relationship with you through communion, and we carry out to follow your scriptures and to learn your heart. In Jesus' name, amen.